We wish to acknowledge the Wadarong people of the Kulin Nation and the Boonarong people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded and produced. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Minogue fans. We recognise that these lands have always been a place of storytelling through music. Greetings, dance floor darlings. You're listening to This Is Disco. A monthly Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast. With your hosts, Adam Eve. And Eliza Day. The kettle's probably on. It's true. I love it. I love it. you got to hear this song. A wombat. Greetings and salutations, my friends, and welcome to yet another episode of This Is Disco, the Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast with your dancing diva darlings, Adam Eve and Eliza Day. Hello, my darling Eliza. How are you doing this Minogue Monday? I feel like every Monday is a Minogue Monday at the moment. It's, um, it is pretty good time to have a Minogue podcast. I'm <laughs> 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 not going to lie. Definitely, definitely. This has been something that uh, I don't think we could have dreamed of. It's it's Minogue mania right now. And for good bloody reason. We are just so... We're just beaming, both of us at the moment, in basking in the glory of it all. And yeah, this is a pretty special time for the fan base. And I'm going to say I'm just... Just loving it so much. Oh no, it's just like every day it's something new. Like it's not like okay, well that's that's it for this month, or <laughs> what an exciting little moment in 2023 that was. It's like right. literally relentless around the clock. Mm-hmm. One of them, both of them, <laughs> constantly. Like we'll get to the news soon, but you know, yeah. there's a couple of things that happened on one day, and it. One of them happened at the start of the day. One of them happened at the end. And then I got to the end of the day and I thought, wait, was that announcement this morning? Because it feels like four weeks ago. It's a fever it was dream. All on the same day. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I, can't, I can't do this <laughs> every day. It's anyway. insane and a lot of fun to be diving into something like, because we've obviously got a kissed, I Kissed a Boy and we've yes. got... Padum Padum, and the thing I'll talk about Padum Padum a bit more in a minute, but something that a friend of the podcast, Benatar, mm-hmm. was saying to me today is that basically Padum Padum is so huge at this point. Like, is there even any point in releasing the album? <laughs> it's just this song is yeah. just taken on another form. It's yeah. just crazy to see. <laughs> yeah, I had a thought the other day. It was like, we don't even know what's next. Oh. Like, oh, this no. feels like the peak. But, like, remember when we got all the lovers and then get out of my way back right, to back? Right, right. Remember when we got Better the Devil, you know, Step Back in Time, or What mm-hmm. Do I Have to Do in Shocked or from the one album? Like, I don't think we're really ready for what's coming. This is, uh, I mean, look, I'm going to talk about the song and say that this is. In my opinion, it's a massive cultural shift, a massive cultural phenomenon. This woman, 55 years old, an absolute pop icon and true survivor who is back with a vengeance via this incredible new and viral single. Not only has the song reached TikTok, 
but it's also reached Ariana Grande's TikTok. <laughs> That's surely, the main thing. <laughs> right. Surely further certifying how much of an incredible moment this song really is. And just in the last 24 hours, Nicole Kidman was talking on her Instagram stories about having the song on repeat and loving it. This two minute 45 second pop thumper is a legit viral hit. It looks like it's most likely going to be UK top 10 this week, which is just absolutely mammoth, especially within an industry that tends to show the women of pop music heavy helpings of ageism the minute they turn 30. Mm. Radio 1 aren't playing this track and that's because she doesn't, you know, quote, fit the target demographic, which hilariously is the trendy audience of TikTok who, surprise, surprise, have taken to the song like a fucking duck to water. Yeah. The video is exciting. The song is the biggest banger of the year so far with a repeatability that's just hard to get out of your head, pardon the pun. Once I get started on a padum padum loop, it is very, very difficult for me to get out of it. The song sounds like proper, darkly driven electropop from the future. It, Everything from that dark opening to the very final beat that drops at the end in a world where a lot of the songs are starting to clock in at under the two-minute mark, it's nice to see if a song is good enough, it can clearly catch the attention of the TikTok generation for an extra 45 seconds or (laughs) more. Padam Padam is an artist at the absolute peak of her game, and I'm incredibly excited for Tension in September. Fighting times ahead. But my dear, what's been happening in the world of Minogue, aside from (laughs) me losing my shit over Padam Padam? I was about to say, I feel like you've just covered it all there. (laughs) Well, I mean, first of all, a huge, huge thank you again to William Baker for indulging us for literally hours for our last episode. Just, you know, amazing feedback. There's been nothing but love for him on the socials, and rightly so. Um, And also to Jan and Alex from Daddy Square, the Gay Dads podcast, for their reporting on the ground in LA from the wine signing. That was such a beautiful story, hearing from them. Um, Thank you, boys. It was lovely to have you on the pod. So fab. Um, Since we last recorded, um, but I think it was just before the episode dropped, so it's kind of that, you know, that moment when we're lost in limbo, if you will. um, (laughs) I found myself at Bar Kylie with uh, watching one of our former guests perform Padam Padam. Right. Millie Minogue. Somehow she whipped together. I mean, this would have been barely a week since the video dropped. She had the full outfit, the full Mm -hmm. performance, the dances. Incredible. On midnight, as soon as, like, Kylie's birthday clicked over, there she was in her red Mm. outfit. Just incredible. So, incredible night at Bar Kylie. Back-to-back Kylie songs, sprinkling of Danny in there, celebrating Kylie and Minogue's birthday. Fabulous, fabulous night. My feet are still a bit sore. (laughs) That's amazing. I saw videos of it and photos as well, and it looked incredible. So wish that I could have gone, but 
just yeah, my back. Ooh. No, well, After that last nightclub experience and that dodgy uh, procedure I had recently, it's just like, yeah, you know what? You didn't make that. Well, it's just not going to happen, unfortunately. But I'm hoping to get to maybe the next one. Which I think is like Christmas. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Um, so, mm, well, you, so I mean, there was a lot Millie. of shout out, Millie. Amazing. And thank you for, for having me there. And um, you missed, I have to say, uh, Skirt on the Big Screen, Sexercise Performance. Wow. So, you know, there was a Fucking lot of sexercise. There was a yeah. lot of sexercise. You should have seen me just screaming, Sexercise! Sexercise! <laughs> so that was a bit exciting. And then at one point, there were these two stunning girls dressed in full Padam. Regalia, oh, like wow. incredible. I think there's um if you go to Bar Kylie's Instagram, there's plenty of photos of you know people in the night. They looked mm. flawless. One of them at one point sort of was sliding onto the stage. They both got up on the stage at one point. You know, no one else was on there. <laughs> Security swiftly took them away. But they were sort of doing this floor routine at one point in their padam outfit while stop me from falling was playing while sexercise was on the screen and behind them it was truly like just the the combination of kylie history just in that one moment was i think i took a video of it actually so i'll, I'll have to find that because there, there were no words it sounds so, like beautiful chaos to me it was it was it was wonderfully chaotic and had a ball um what else has been happening? Okay, well, we're going to... Are we ready to talk about I Kissed a Boy? Because you've, you've, you're caught up now, aren't you? Yes, I am. Because that's in my news, because we've had the finale, and at time of recording, um, the reunion hasn't aired yet, but I have a feeling by the time this episode drops, it will have, so... Very um, exciting. I'm looking forward yes. to the reunion big time. So... Give me your recap, because we touched on this last time, but I, right. I knew you hadn't had a chance to sort of see the whole thing yet, so... Right, let me just move my notes here at the desk. Excuse me. Um, so I've written down... So I was basically in love with Dan. Oh my God, that's so weird, because I'm in love with Ollie. Oh, right, right. Yes, yeah, so I was in love with Interesting. Dan. Oh my God, so our two faves then got together. That kind of, like, syncs up. And I was happy for him to get with Ollie. And I also liked Jake, the poor twink that got sent home. Oh, I loved him as well. Yeah, I felt sorry for him. And I also liked the, I guess you could call, villain of the season, Ben. Oh. oh. Yeah, I went back and forth. Look, I loved them all. They were all mm, just beautiful. They were all amazing. But, yeah, I had my... I definitely had my fave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. So Dan was definitely my fave. But, like, let's talk about, first of all, the person in charge of the music on this show oh. not only deserves a raise, but they actually deserve to be the person that now runs the BBC from now this, from this point forward. That is an incredible gay with an exceptional yes. taste in music. Uh, the Spotify playlist is... Oh. Probably the greatest Spotify playlist I've ever seen, ever on Spotify. Yeah. The show itself, like, Danny is such a warm and incredible person. So, of course, she is exactly the same as a host. She's literally the perfect person for this kind of show as well. And kind of like a true testament to how 
much of an ally she really is and for how long she has been one. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up queer, I naturally took a lot of strength from Danny and her music, so I think that it's really important, quite special, that she's the one to host such a program. And, you know, then there's the big news, which I, I think I'll let you tell everyone about the news relating yes yes the the next season of of the next phase of of kissing is (laughs) i kissed a girl so ladies uh applications are now open this is not filmed yet it is currently casting so Mm -hmm. i think the best place to go is danny socials go to her link tree there is a link in there um where you can apply so I mean, it's next season. It's happening. Such an exciting show. Such an important show, especially right now. And there was a lot of just happy queer representation in this season. And it was just really lovely to see. And I didn't... I didn't hate any, you know, you watch these sort of like Love Island type shows and you're always like, you know, you'll like either love to hate the villain or hate. Well, I don't watch them. I think this is the point about this show Uh is that the way I've pitched it to people who I know also don't enjoy reality shows or reality dating shows or whatever Mm. is I do not, but I love, 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 love this show. Like, it's, it's just so beautifully done yeah. and it's respectful and it's not trashy. It's not, no one's trying to catch anyone out or manipulate a storyline or it's just handled so well. Well, I guess I should ask you as well, mm. um, because it's all very well, well for me to sit here and go, oh, it was so beautifully done, it was amazing. But, you know, me as a, you know, straight woman, that's all well and good, like... I guess more to the point, what does the show mean to you or what would this have meant to you 20, 30 years ago? God, I don't know, but I think that happy, relatively healthy queer connections being formed with like no prejudice about, you know, you know, this person is you know too flamboyant or this, you know, it's just everyone's there to be gay and single and find a connection. And it's really important to see that because growing up you never saw like I didn't see a lot of the that gay on gay connection you know part Mm. of the term like and I guess the really the earliest I got of any of that was watching like Queer as Folk secretly in my room on SBS you know (laughs) so it's I don't know what it would have been like it probably would have been pretty transformative for who I would turn into now That's for sure. Yeah. But it's going to be pretty transformative for this next generation and the generations beyond it. It's exciting to see. I think it's also really important that they're doing A Kiss to Girl as well. Yeah. Um, It's just, yeah, a perfect idea all round. And whoever, like the team producing this uh, on another level, it's done with heart. It's not done like... Well, it's not done like Love Island or The Bachelor or anything like that. It's done with a lot of heart and a lot of care and that's what makes this. Like, I didn't cringe watching it. Like, I thought it was pretty cute when they were all hooking up and everything like that. And, you know, that can be a fine line. (laughs) Yeah, I, I just, I was beaming every episode. I could feel my cheeks hurting from smiling so much. Like, it was just so beautiful. Um, And also, when should we talk about the shower scene? That, that was, was borderline hot. soft. 
Well, that, was, that was so hot. <laughs> I was just like, Jesus <laughs> Where Christ. are the outtakes from that? If you have not watched um, I Kissed a Boy, uh, come back to us and when you have watched it, because you'll know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hot yes, and yes. saucy and steamy. It was fab. Very, very hot. Mm. But definitely, definitely recommend uh, getting your VPN sorted out. And watching that on the BBC iPlayer. Yes. Uh, if you're not in the UK. And of course, you can watch it on BBC Three if you are in the UK. Yes. But yeah, it's just fantastic. Looking forward to season two of I Kissed a Boy and season one of I Kissed a Girl. Yes. <laughs> Cannot wait. But I mean, whilst on topic, let's talk about that theme song. Oh. Oh my God. It could actually be my song of the year. It's such an amazing song. And the thing that was so brilliant about it was when it came out, seeing Danny on UK iTunes at number one and Kylie at number two. Like, it was just beautiful seeing the Minogue sisters dominating the top two of the UK iTunes chart. It was such... Pardon my French, fucking brilliant. I've sworn twice already now. But, like, it's worth it. Padam and and Danny and it's just been... marvelous (laughs) it really has like that was obviously you know my final news item but i mean it was just just looking at that was just watching it happen i'm like is this is this what it's like being a sports fan when you're like watching (laughs) your your team win i'm like but it's both of your teams like i I don't know right right (laughs) like both of your teams like you don't mind which one and can you imagine on that day being you know, I'm going to find a way to bring her up, Carol Minogue. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine you're just looking, it's like, look at my, look at my kids. Beaming with pride. <laughs> Beaming with pride. Oh, so, and, you know, obviously, of course, all of the proceeds from We Could Be The One going to Switchboard yes. in the UK, which, I mean, of course, Danny, as always, literally putting her money where her mouth is. Mm-hmm. Just... That's what allyship looks like, everyone. Clean. So if you haven't already purchased it on iTunes, and of course, only if you have the means to do so. Sometimes people don't, so don't feel pressured. Stream Mm. it on the Spotify, whatever works for you. The money is going to an amazing, amazing charity. Right, right. One final item that is very important for Melbourne Stannies, and mm. I guess anyone else around Australia who might yes. feel like getting on DM Air mm-hmm. and flying to Melbourne on Sunday, June the 18th, Danielle Jane Minogue is doing a good old-fashioned in-store signing mm-hmm. in Collingwood. It's, oh. So that's what was, I think, announced the day of the iTunes chart. Right. So I was like, it was right, right at the end of the day, you know, almost midnight, the whole iTunes thing is still going on. And then I was like, wait, when was that in-store announced? I'm like, that was only 12 hours ago. Yeah, yeah. It felt like 12 years, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> so tired. Well, I'm really excited because I know like a lot of our friends are going to be going. So naturally I'm going to go. <laughs> Excellent. So if anyone's heading down there and you see me, say hello if you see me there in the... Uh, in the crowd. In the crowd, in the queue. Yes, so, yes. Oh, bring back record store like signings, quite frankly. We need more of this. 
Right. I mean, part of, like, a big reason why I'm going is because I miss the idea of, like, going to a record signing to go see an artist that you absolutely love. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be yes. a good day. <gasps> very, very exciting. I, look, I think that's all the news. I, once again, have definitely missed something because... As we said, it's been relentless and it has been full on. we are recording this a few days before the episode drops, so there's probably going to be about 27 more news items between now and then. Oh, so of course. Apologies if we've missed some like major announcement, like the two of them are, you know, releasing some duets album featuring Carol. Right. I don't know. So, <laughs> you know, anything could happen between now and then. Very I don't know. Good. So, but this is where we're at today. Yeah, I guess we should get to today. Well, yeah, let's talk about which is something we're going to be talking about a lot this year in its 20th anniversary, mm-hmm. Neon Nights. Yes. Uh, you know, we, I, we've talked about it before, we've done an episode, and I guess if people that are listening right now haven't listened to that episode, Neon Nights was such a hugely formative album for me. Like, it was at the peak of, like, going out... And driving my newish car and working in a nightclub and being like, oh my God, I'm like this really cool adult, you know? <laughs> You're just, just fresh-faced and ready to get shit-faced, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the fact that it's now 20th anniversary, so that's, to me, such a mind-blowing thing to, like, think that it's, like, two whole fucking decades ago. But it feels like yesterday, but also, like, a hundred years ago. Yes. Yeah, like, it. it so, anyway... To me, this record means so, so much and deserves all of the flowers, it, the impeccable remixes then, and of course, these new ones that we've heard now are just insane. Just the most beautiful video clips and photography with genre-defining electropop that really, when it came out, was like uh, leaps and bounds ahead of its time. Like, it's so exciting to celebrate this album multiple times <laughs> through the year with you I know. because it's just that bitch. So, yeah. So good. <laughs> but, uh, so, we've got a special guest. A returning special guest mm-hmm. who is, you know, bordering on co host at this point, not yeah. unlike um, his friend Steve Anderson and his other friend Danny <laughs> Minogue. Danny Minogue. <laughs> <laughs> I think the three of them, uh, you know, can just take over at one point. We'll have a month off. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Maybe we can, like, even take turns, like a roster month yeah. off, and one of them <laughs> comes in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, well, I mean, this is, like, it's almost like part two in, in a series. We had Bruno on. Mm-hmm. Um, back in April from Nemo discussing Don't Want to Lose This Feeling, Don't Want to Lose This Groove, which was written with our guest today. Yes. Terry. So. Terry. We love Terry. Yes. We love Terry around here. We absolutely love having him on. It's always a hoot and, yeah, an absolute thrill to be discussing an album that he, I mean, he wrote 10 songs from this right. era. Right. Huge, huge part of the legacy of this album. (laughs) Yeah. Incredible, incredible. So I guess without further ado, we should uh, put the needle on it Mm -hmm. and get our vibe on. Oh, yes. It is an absolute honour and a pleasure to welcome back onto This Is Disco, returning guest and icon, Terry Ronald. Hello, Terry. Hello. How are you? Oh, hello, guys. Welcome back. 
Oh, it's lovely to see you. Really lovely. Oh, lovely seeing My you. My morning, nine o'clock, got me a cup of tea. I think um, <laughs> I think you've now officially, along with Danny and Steve, have reached co-host status. I feel yeah. like Adam and I could take a holiday at one point and one of you three can just slot in. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't want that. <laughs> Who I knows what you'd get? <laughs> I'd be like interviewing Pat porn stars and. Oh, you know. please! <laughs> oh my gosh. I've already got a list of people I would have in mind. So, Mr. Tom Hardy, how much do you know about that catalogue of Danny Minogue? Uh, well, I know that would be my mum's favourite episode. She's a very big Tom Hardy fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very big. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Oh, well, we're not here to talk Tom Hardy, unfortunately. We're here to talk about the 20th anniversary of Neon Nights and the huge, huge release that's happening on Friday, June the 16th. I mean, this is mammoth. We're getting a CD and DVD edition that comes with a book, a limited edition picture disc vinyl version, the cassette, and then there's the huge seven-disc CD box set with unreleased tracks and remixes. I mean, this is quite the package. As we move into the Neon Nights era and celebrate this 20th anniversary, before we we jumped on, we were talking about how when we had you on last, we spoke... We went quite into depth about sort of the uh, Paris era, was it? Yeah, we spoke about dancing on tables with Kirsten Dunn. Right, right, right. And all of that. Yes. Amazingly fun Paris. stuff. What can you tell us about the Swedish leg? Well, with Sweden, obviously a lot of it we did at Merlin, and most of it we did at Merlin Music, uh, which was, you know, obviously really super hot at that time. So, um we um were sent we i went over there with dan and we what would happen was uh we would be basically being kind of put into it was really weird it was like a writing camp almost so it would be different writers there'd be like hannah robinson and karen paul and you know i think they were the main main three for that was Karen, uh, Hannah was around, I think, me, I can't remember who else was, but we would all be put into rooms with different teams to come up with something. Um, and yeah, and that's, and then Danny would be in different rooms working on the tracks, you know, and I think that's where songs like Creep came from and um, put the needle on it. You know that that that's where those kind of classics came from. Um, but it was good. It was fun. I mean, it's a beauty. It was a this beautiful house. Sort of the studios are in the, in the middle of this woodland just outside Stockholm. So we would go there every day and work, and you never knew who you were going to be thrown in with. Um, so it was it was kind of like a little Danny factory for it was you know coming up with. Interestingly, for me. You know, uh, I didn't, none of my songs from there made it onto the record. Oh, such My a- songs came from other places. Well, I don't know. I can't even remember what I wrote there. Um, because I've done so much writing there aside from Danny as well. I went there for other things. Um, and I went to Sweden on a couple of writing trips for other things where I wrote for different things. So, but yeah, all my songs for the Neon Knights 
either came from um, with Ian, you know, uh, the glamorous leprechaun, and uh, <laughs> um, or from um, Paris. Right. The Neymar boys. Where so it was interesting that, yeah. Where, where, do you, where do you and Ian write? Is that, do you do that in the UK or do you like go, let's Yes, go we do that all in the UK. I mean, obviously we had a lot of access to Dan because, yeah. you know, she was our mate and she was living in London and we were living in each other's pockets at the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it wasn't a thing where we could, we had to wait for a, you know, session to be scheduled. It would be just like, oh, let, you know, we've got an idea for a song, let's go into the studio, right. which is why we ended up doing so many. Um, and some of them ended up being bonus tracks. Yeah. Whether that was the right decision or not is something I won't go into. But... Oh, please, no. <laughs> don't go into No, no. I just think that there's some, I just think, you know, you know, when I listen to some of the bonus tracks, I think, mm, yeah, I, I think that should have actually been on the on the record. I but, think um, goodbye songs. And there were times when the, there were, t huh? I think goodbye songs should have been on the record. Yeah, well, that, that was, at one yeah. point it was going to be single. Mm. Was oh. it? Because yeah. when we spoke to but, I mean, Ian, but... um, he said when we were asking him you know, what are your favourite tracks and stuff, he said he really liked that one, and he said it should have been a single. And then he said that you guys wrote that when you were in a really bitchy mood. Mm. Well, try and catch <laughs> us when we're try and catch us when we're not. I mean, it's <laughs> the thing with that one. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that we, yeah, I, and, and Dan wasn't there for that. I don't know what had happened, but we decided to do this. And so we wrote it on our own. And then Dan, and I think we showed it to Dan and she loved it. And so she came in and vocaled it. And then it was going to be a single. And I don't know what happened. It sort of got bumped off by, I don't know what, why. There was a version with me singing. Oh, oh wow. Um, which is hilarious. But there's versions of most of the things we're missing. And then, yeah, it sort of ended up getting bumped off. And, and then it ended up as a bonus track. I don't know why. I think maybe they just felt like it sound-wise, it didn't blend oh, with some of the others. So but then they weirdly went with It Won't Work Out and put that on, which was completely different to everything else. Very, um, very different. Yeah. So you just didn't know. But I mean, you know, as I said, it was great because ultimately all that those songs we did did get on the, the, the you know, if you go on Spotify now, that's the album. It's got it's got it all on, mm -hmm. um, which is which is nice. They're all on there. So how many how many do you have on there? Ten. <laughs> I know you don't have to think about this. <laughs> no, I counted this morning. I thought, well, you know, there was six, there were six on the original album, which was cool. And I was just lucky because I was lot. right with Ian and then, huh? That's a yeah, lot. Yeah, no, it is a lot. It's good. And um, yeah, and uh, and one, one of them was a single, which was lovely. And um, yeah, and then I think there's 10 altogether on the deluxe uh, and then, of course, you've got the remixes as well of those certain songs. So, right. yeah, so it was, um, it's, it's, it's a good, it's really a special album to me right. because, you know, as a, as a pop writer, particularly at, in then, I think, you know, in the early 2000s when it was, when the, the production teams around the world came to prevalence and artists were literally going around to, you know, the same kind of five or six big teams, you didn't um, often get 
you know a whole bunch of tracks on one album you know you might get like a one or two and unless you were working with the artist obviously which we were you, you know a lot of the time you would find um that you know different teams would have like one track or two tracks yeah. so to have six on the on the on the main issue album was was really good it was it was nice mm. and to be able to go on wikipedia and see you know ronald chaconi minogue <laughs> as songwriters that was a high point yeah <laughs> for mean, sure did you ever imagine uh no that was the best thing i mean I, yeah well, i think we talked about that didn't we the, yeah, the madonna yeah. thing was amazing and i still love it now the fact that it's that it's out there and you know and it it it, it works so well i mean and that was all the boys from nemo yeah. they are so clever and they you know that the, they did that that mashup was you know it's just so seamless you yeah. know it's it's really really brilliantly done <laughs> so sure with not. sweden yeah sweden was really good and I, and i think that um you know a lot of um there were certain songs i think that kind of defined the sound of that album mm -hmm. um and things that like put the needle on it was one of them um and also one of the early ones was mystified weirdly that one of our ones that was mystified and i mean i think i did begin to under came a bit later but of course the you know the first step on that was the reva track who do you love now was yeah. the the first thing that kicked it off and dan had hadn't been around for a while and then she this track came up so she came in and vocaled it and i i did the vocal with her um we did it at little my friend's little studio in in uh soho for some reason i don't know why we did it there but we did and um you know that's when all that took off and weirdly that is probably my favorite danny single yeah it's one of my who do you love now too. yeah yeah, yeah. especially that full yeah. extended 12 inch mix fucking yeah. rips love yeah. it it's, it it's like... really good it sounds like like if I played this to someone today who you know you know was twenty years old as well. I don't think they would know that it was a twenty year old track. Like it, no. it just sounds so fresh still. It's the whole album yeah. does. It's got a lovely melody that song. I really really like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a huge thing about this record as well is that at the time I remember a lot of us saying that this was going to be one of those albums that you look at in the future and people would probably be able to appreciate it a little bit more. Yeah. I think that's definitely happened with this record over the years. Yeah. Yes. It is definitely seen as, a, you know, a, a bit of a groundbreaking. Mm -hmm. I think because it was so cohesive and, you know, a lot of pop stars were releasing albums around that time that were, that were so, because of the different teams that were being um working on it they weren't co so cohesive they would just sound like three different albums where i love an album that sounds really cohesive oh, yeah. i love kylie's disco album yes. that she did yeah. last because it sounds so cohesive for the same reason i loved light years of, yeah. of kylie's and and um and danny's and i think danny's girl album as well is yeah. is pretty much that and um and this it, it's it has a sound mm. and i think that's important it sounds like an album it doesn't sound like a bunch of tracks yeah. from lots of different producers which i think it and it, and it really took um 
something that was quite underground, that kind of clashy kind of pop um, thing, mm-hmm. um, that sort of sound clash electro thing from underground into into the charts, really. Mm-hmm. Big time. And a lot of other artists jumped on it after. Oh, yeah. And a lot of other artists also cited Neon Nights as an inspiration for future projects. I, I brought it up last time, Infernal, from Paris to Berlin. Allegedly, when I interviewed them all those mm. years ago, it wouldn't have happened if it hadn't been for Neon Nights. So there's... That's interesting. ...got to be more along that line as well, and especially because Electro Clash was such an underground sector of the dance music scene. And it was it was pretty underground, but it was sort of like bubbling over here in, in Melbourne at the time as well, because we had yeah. so many of those huge DJs like Nick Toupee and Not, and Not Happy Jan. But mm. it really, really is an album also that people who don't really like pop music will cite as an album that they love from the field of pop music. And that's just yes. just a testament to how brilliant this record is and why we're celebrating it 20 years later yeah. still. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, I, yeah, I think that... Um, I've had a lot of people, a friend of mine, Wayne, who uh, manages Louise now and uh, and a few other artists, Bimini, manages Bimini as well. Oh, um, and when I very first met Wayne, um, I can't remember, he wanted me to do some work with an artist and he came literally rushing up to me in a in a in a club somewhere and saying, "Oh, you know, I'm a big fan. I'm Neon Nights. Like, so that's I think that's like, you know, what I want an album to sound like." And you know, and I remember so many people saying stuff like that to me um, at the time because it it did sound so good. Yeah, well, even just on socials for the anniversary, like you know, we did a little post, and the comments were pretty much you know one version or another of this is you know one of the greatest pop song pop albums from anyone of all time there were variations of that not even like oh this is my favorite danny album it was like this is a definitive like pop album yeah and chart wise for dan it was brilliant as well you know Mm. she had probably begin to wonder was such a big hit and i think uh who do you love now was i think number three here and uh uh, don't lose this feeling was number in the, was number five and you know they were all big hits mm. really big hits so yeah. a few people may recognize you from the behind the scenes of the don't want to lose this feeling video which is available yes. on the interwebs so can you tell mm-hmm. us about you know that that was in spain wasn't it that was- it was and um, and obviously i wanted to go because it was funny with the with the singles. It was that thing where you know you was uh, having written so many songs. You went, oh God, really want one of these to be a single. And I, you know, and as I've said before, it was really the the Madonna remix that that pushed that one right. over the finish line to be the the next single. So obviously, when they were doing the video, I wanted to go and watch it being filmed as particularly as I had at this at that time Hillary who manages me was managing Dan as well so um my friend Jake Williams and I uh Jake who Jake who's known used to be known as JX now Rex the dog oh uh, my god yeah what 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 what, what? Uh, the JX Rex the dog connection, yeah. like, oh my god, yeah, I fucking that's... grew up loving the J, like, um, close to your heart, um, 
obviously son of a gun and you belong to me. Yeah. Like, um, there's nothing I won't do. Like they were yeah. songs of my teenage years. I think. Yeah. Well, that's from it, Jake. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, he's now Rex the dog. Anyway, he came with me and we missed the plane on the way. It was a nightmare because we were shopping in the airport. <laughs> um, <laughs> eventually... what, what were you buying, Terry? That you... Well, we were just browsing. <laughs> I think I was looking at trainers. Like, why would you look at trainers at the airport? But anyway, oh, we missed God. the plane. It was hideous. <laughs> anyway, we got there eventually and it was good. Cause, but the only thing was it was a night shoe. We were like yes. doing, it was, a, you know, it was all night shoe. Um, and it was fun. It was just really fun to be on set and see it because it was quite a fun video. Like, you know, yeah. you know, you had a lot of hot guys like draped over cars and, yeah, yeah. you know, it was all very bright and colourful and, you know, she looks great. She looks very, um, I always think she looks really fresh and kind yeah. of, you know, she's not like overly, you know, made up. She just looks really natural and fresh yeah. and, you know, fun in that video. You know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a great it's a good, it's a really fun video yeah it's a very sexy video everyone in it is hot mm-hmm. like yeah i'm assuming you were like cut we're gonna have to do that again like <laughs> yeah. let me yeah. come and just spritz you off <laughs> i was just like where is that male dancer <laughs> uh yeah no it was good it was good fun but i just remember being really tired because we were doing it all it was all night and uh, our other friend liz i think was there liz martin who does a lot of the makeup oh, yes, so yes. it was a good fun crew to have have uh to have over there it was it was a really fun shoot and uh, i think it sort of shows in the video really yeah. uh, how fun it was yeah oh god and of course we cut it to that it was cut to both versions of the song mm-hmm. yes indeed and there's an intro I'm, i don't know whether i've told you but i might have told you this so if i have you can cut it out <laughs> i don't know whether i've told you about this but um, it's an interesting thing with that song because when we wrote "Don't Wanna Lose This Feeling," we didn't we didn't really have like a, a killer chorus, and it was a cool track, but it needed something extra. And this guy James had this chorus that he had on this random song he'd written, and he played it and said, "Do you think this chorus will fit on?" this song because it needs an extra and it it just really did so we kind of tweaked and uh, tweaked it and and we kind of put two songs together to make we had a different chorus I think yeah so it's a really interesting thing how that came about and then of course the boys did the the, did the Madonna thing so yeah it's it's it was a bit of a a journey that song oh wow are those demos Mm. floating around in vaults somewhere the, Bo- the Parisian boys might have all sorts. I don't really know what they've got. I don't think I have. Um, I mean, I've got all my other demos that, you know. But, I mean, so much of the stuff was released on various kind of, yeah. you know, club disco unleashed things. I don't know what's knocking around. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I am obsessed with Hide and Seek and all its mm. remixes. That's... Is that one that you like are, are a fan of that you've done or? Yes. And I think that was one of the first ones we did. Um, and we were trying to really do something really kind of left field with that, mm. which, and Ian is a master at sort of 
you know, like the Nemo boys, he's very good with cutting up vocals and making new melodies out of cut up vocals, you know, which was a big thing then. And Ian did that with hide and seek. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, it's, uh, it was, that, that was a really good one. It was, I mean, obviously it was always a bit of a left field thing. It was never going to be like a single or something. But it was fun to do. And I think Dan loved that song. She oh, really loved it. It's so good. Like, mm. it's, it's one of my go-tos. I think I'd put it in my top yeah. my top five of the album. Oh, cool. Mm. Gorgeous song. Gorgeous. Um, do you have other? Um, I'm, I'm looking through the, um, the press release to see if there's anything else that's tickling my fancy to bring up. You guys went to New York as well for this, didn't you? So this is when you do the Roger Sanchez stuff? Like, is there... Oh, oh, of course, the Roger stuff. I believe the Roger Sanchez stuff. Yes, I think we did. Because it was... Too, it was... It was Neonuts was 2003, wasn't it? I kept suddenly thinking the, Neo, the, the, the Roger Sanchez stuff was after. But it wasn't because it was about six months after 9-11 we went to New York. It was the first time I'd been to New York. Right post 9-11 so it would have been 2002 yeah. it was about much so that's when we did the roger stuff which again didn't make i don't know whether it what happened with the roger stuff it never really all got finished properly and then i think blame it on the music did get finished properly but it wasn't included on the album i don't know why so um yeah that that stuff was good and obviously roger was great working in New York with him. He took us out to really fancy places. And, uh, you know, I, I remember not being, I, I'd never, I, I mean, I have a taste for champagne now, but I didn't really love drinking champagne then. And I remember having a, this drink and saying, oh, Dan, I really quite like this champagne. It's, it's quite nice, this one. And she said, darling, it's Cristal. Of, yeah, course, you of like course you're going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, so yeah, we had a good time with Roger, and, and we worked in his apartment, and oh. you know, it was it that was really fun, um, a really fun time working with him. I mean, I've been with in New York with Dan for other reasons, like you know, just hanging out and stuff. But that was that was a fun time, um, and we went, we did go to so many places. We went to Paris, we went to you know Sweden and New York and different parts of. Uh, the UK, we were all over the place. And that's the great thing. I always got to travel with Dan doing all that stuff, because even if I wasn't writing on the session, I would often be producing the vocal. So, you know, even some of the stuff that I didn't write on that the album, I got to sort of work on vocals, do BVs and, you know, so it was, you know, I was basically like a third suitcase. It's basically <laughs> your album me... as well. <laughs> No, it was fun. It was it was fun, and I think the other thing that was great for me personally uh, was that you know I had worked with Dan so much on vocal production, but I hadn't really done a lot of writing for her, and and I think having that that sort of closeness with Ian and Dan, and it was just a natural thing. Um, so. Yeah, so that was, it was a nice, it was a nice time for me. Well, I say it was a nice time. I got cancer in the middle of it. Right. So it was, you know, yeah, Was that right yeah. in the middle of that? If you It was, it was why I couldn't work uh, the, the one, I, I mean, we'd done a lot of it. We'd done a lot of um, the writing in Paris. And I remember one time in Paris, I was really sick. 
at one of the Paris sessions and I just thought, what the hell's wrong with me? I had literally nothing in the tank. I was, I felt so ill. And it was a few weeks after that I got diagnosed in 2002, but we'd done a lot of this. So that's how, you know, we were working quite far back. Um, so then other stuff got done. I know I begin to wonder was done in the time I was, which is why I didn't, wasn't involved in that. Um, and then I think I remember when I came back from the cancer, which was a good, you know, nine months later, there was still stuff happening. And I remember that's when Ian and I went in and were mixing our stuff with this other guy, Pete Martin, and don't want to lose this uh, feeding was mixed, the single mix was done. And yes, so when I came out of the country, it was still kind of an ongoing thing. So yeah, it wasn't all fun and games. So there's unreleased stuff that I think was going to be on the plat is it the platinum collection, but then it was that got canned and then there mm. was whatever it is, hits and beyond I don't know, that era when there was all those different compilation ones. But I can't find yeah. who who wrote um like Tut Tut Does Your Mother Know? Is that you? No. No? Undeniable. Uh, tut Tut does No. Yeah, there's a bunch that I'm no. like, I, I was looking it up. I'm like, who wrote these? There's, yeah, the ba- there's one called Bad Weather. Yes. There was one called Star. There was one, there was, Star? A, there was a few. What's that? Yeah. Mm. It was oh. just one song we wrote and um, I never got, you know, there was, a, there was a few. I'm sure there was a few uh, others around that. There would be, there'd be know. so much in the oh. vault that. We can't even begin to think about how because of oh, I will be lying yeah I'm, I'm just <laughs> demos remixes yeah it would be pretty full-on uh, yeah I mean there was a lot at that time I'm just kind of looking down my list here um at uh at Danny's songs on my oh my god this bloody you know round the world did that that came out on something didn't it yeah around the world that sounds familiar that, i think that was on club disco oh and there's some later ones me and ian did that that didn't so yeah there's a yeah there's there's a lot when was but yeah trip? i think when i mean a trip? lot trip was like just a little kind of that was me and dan and this guy called joe who works on a lot of dance stuff yeah and that was just for a a kind of um uh loungy kind of was that dance out in australia I think it was after, a few years after. I love yeah. that track. It's so cool. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I played it recently and someone, I don't know who it was that asked me, they're like, what's this song? Like, where'd you get this? I know, it's mad, isn't it? It's so good. Um, yeah. So we've come off Girl, the anniversary of last year with the vinyl coming yeah. out and everything, and now we're celebrating Neon Nights back to back. What's it? What's it like to be a part of two of the most influential pop records of modern time? Seriously, what's, uh, what, is it, what is it like as an artist, as, as someone who works on vocals or as a producer to have done this record that we are celebrating so fondly 20 years later? Uh, do you know what? I don't think, I think when you're working on these things, you don't really think about it at the time. I think when, when, as you say, now it's 20 years later and, and people are so kind of thinking of it as a, you know, a milestone pop record, you, mm. you realise. 
and I did look at the 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 seat the uh, went on Spotify and had a look at the track listing today. And I thought, God, there's a lot of your work on here. And so then, when you put those two things together, it is it is a really nice thing. And I think um, I just. For me, I remember feeling really happy for Dan around this time because I think that of of everything she did with Neon Nights really was the thing that she really put her mark on something that nobody else had ever done. Mm. Um, and, or not, not nobody else had ever done, but, it, no, but no, no one had really, um, that sound was so her, was so her mm, right. and she sort of became the sort of uk queen of clubs and it was her thing you know um and i think that's why and, and she just i just thought everything about it i thought the the artwork and the um the design was really beautiful and it it, it, it just kind of looks sort of iconic as a as a piece you know yeah. um so it, it is really special and, and I have a lot of memories. I think more for me, it's the memories of doing all the stuff that that mean a lot. Um, and it, it's quite shocking to think that it's 20 years ago. But yes, definitely as a as a as a writer, as a pop writer, you know, which obviously I write books more than I write music now. But mm. I mean, if anyone asks me, you know, in the field of music, what I'm doing, that will be one of the first things Well, probably the first thing. I mentioned working, uh, you know, writing on that album because it's a it's a career highlight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely, definitely. And to think you were only fifteen at the time—it's <laughs> it's extraordinary, Terry. I know, fifteen. I know, it's, it's amazing, really. Isn't really, it? and <laughs> it's quite strange that I'm still only nineteen. I know, twenty years like... late, twenty years on. Tiny. But can I? Well, I'd love to know from you, and I'm sure you're going to say on your show, but what are your favourite tracks? You know, and you don't have to say that, what am I? What, what <laughs> songs do you love from it? What songs are you are you big fans of from that whole period? Um, well, oh, for me, I guess Creep, Hey So What, On The Loop. Um, yeah. And Goodbye Song. Just and, the whole album. <laughs> well, the whole, the whole, but as for singles, it's Who Do You Love Now All The Way. Yeah, I have to say, and even though I was, I did work on the vocals of that, but I wasn't involved at all in the writing. Um, but I do love Who Do You Love Now. I think that's yeah. my favourite Danny song. Yeah, I think um, you said that to us last time. It was your all Yeah, I really, really do love that song. Yeah. Um, and I also love uh, On The Loop because it's so mental. Yes. Um, so yeah. so and I remember we just had such a laugh doing that. Yeah, how did that one you know, come about? Oh, uh, who knows? I mean, <laughs> you know, when we were in Paris, it was probably like three bottles of red wine down. Right. But I remember we were working in the day. It wasn't like it was at night. And we would be like, you know, we Danny would be in the bedroom with a microphone. It was just this, this little Parisian flat, right. you know, and there was just me, her, and these three hot guys. Um, <laughs> Just, you know, kind of mucking around and coming up with, they were all about hooks. So we would sing like a bunch of hooks. We would come up with a bunch of hooks and then we sing, and they would kind of make them into songs, wow. you know, so you never knew what you were going to get. And that's why, I mean, I absolutely love Peace of Time. Yes. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it started off as quite a kind of, you know, normal 
sort of versy chorus song and then what they did to it was so crazy and fucked up it just i remember getting that back and thinking i just love this song yeah. i love i yeah i love it because it's so mad um and uh yeah we would just be singing different hooks and they would you know we'd go back the next day and they would play us what they'd done with it and we would be like well i was kind of in awe of those guys yeah. um yeah and uh, yeah, it was on the loop was one of those moments, I suppose. Yeah. I think my favourites are definitely Goodbye Song, Hide and Seek. Like I'm trying to think what I sort of will play on the loop, so to speak. But um, yes, um, and Vibe On. I, I, I mentioned yeah, you're song. huge on Vibe On. I it's I just I don't know. I just love it. But also, I do love Put the Needle on it. And I think part of that is also because I was in the UK for that GAY performance when she was promoting that. So, you know, when mm. you have memories associated mm. with something, you kind of then love it even more. But yeah. I, I mean, it's such a different sounding song. Yeah. You know, the guys that wrote that uh, mates of mine. And the, I mean, it, it's, such a, it's such a cool and different sounding song. I think when that came out, it was just kind of quite trailblazing really yeah i mean mm-hmm. and i i legitimately thought it was about like putting a needle on a record i was clutching yeah. my pearls when i was <laughs> understanding the meaning oh wow <laughs> yes but yeah the whole album is like as you're saying trailblazing like and as you guys were talking before about her doing sort of you know underground stuff or stuff that no one else is doing the only other person i sort of associate as doing that kind of stuff is madonna doing the stuff you know before everyone else is doing it and then yeah. and then it takes off yes and then, absolutely and then everyone's doing it and it's it's funny that then it was that collaboration with madonna it's very yeah very appropriate right right yeah absolutely yeah i mean and and as for you know the writing with when i did it with dan and ian we've talked about this a lot with, with dan and ian it was it was always very easy because it was just again three friends in you know coming as quite a safe space to work in because you know you could try you you know Dan was able to try stuff out and write and not be you know she wasn't in a room with people she didn't know writing songs she was in a you know you know uh, and she would just be able to try anything and 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 we just sort of go crazy really which is why stuff like hide and seek happened um, which is like you know how would you come up with that as a, <laughs> as a songwriting session is quite weird. And, and, I, and I'm really glad we, we got to try all those things. I think we need to manifest the three of you getting back together to write stuff. I have seen many <laughs> comments from people asking for a, a, a sequel of sorts to this yes. album. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, you'll have to ask Dan about that. She's the only one who knows about what she's doing with all that. I mean, she's a busy lady, but busy lady. Busy but um, yeah, she's a busy lady. Uh, but she's yeah. I was thinking as well. We should have had you and Ian and Steve all coming out for World Pride for when the girls were on stage together. Yeah. That well, obviously, be... Steve worked on that show, yes. um, even though he did it sort of from here. And we were, and, and I was watching live the live yeah. feed, mm-hmm. so I knew it was all happening. Did you guys know it was happening? Or 
I was at the Sugar Bakes. It was a big... Oh, yeah, I was at Harry Styles, but I had a feeling in my waters <clears throat> for a couple of months, and, yeah, I could just... Uh, my spidey senses were tingling. I just... I thought it was great, actually. I really enjoyed it, and I thought they they looked wonderful and they sounded great. And yeah, yeah, it was. It's a really nice moment. Oh, it was, it was so amazing. I kept flicking my, you know, when there was a, a lull in the. I was about to say there was no lull in the crowd at Harry Styles, but you know, I was sneakily no. looking at my phone every so often, just like yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah, the only reason it. I knew something was happening because I was like, I was like filming at Sugar Babes. And then I kept getting notifications at the top and I was like, fuck off, fuck off. Yeah. And then it, they kept going and I'm like, okay, something Kylie Minogue Danny has happened because my phone only goes off like this when something like that has happened. Yeah. And then when the show ended, I, Ben and Richard were like, check your text messages. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. am. And there were like a hundred oh. there about like play by play of what had happened. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. Magical, magical oh. stuff. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Fun. Well, I'm, um, do, is there anything else that you wanted to cover, my dear, before we... Are you my dearing me or Terry? You. Oh. <laughs> yes. I wasn't you. sure. <laughs> Could have you. been either of us. Oh, I just wanted to, I'm also interested what your favourite remix is, because this album, or this repackage, rather, is... Has every remix under the sun. It's very, yeah, heavy on the whole remix vibe. I need to, well, I mean, I probably would need to, I'm just, while you're here, I have got my, I've got a Spotify uh, playlist of all my favourite Danny and Kylie remixes. Um, So I'm going to, Minogue mixes on Spotify. Um, So let me have a look um, at my remixes. So, what me mixes do I like from Neon Nights? Obviously, don't want to lose this groove and begin to spin me around are amazing. Mm-hmm. I think the three Thriller Jill um, Hide and Seek yes. uh, mix is brilliant. I love the John Dixon Club mix of Creep. Oh, do you know that? that? Is that yes, on this yes. repackage? It it's on the <gasps> deluxe version. It's on the deluxe. And I love, I think it's the. Um, these are the ones I've got on my thing. Is it the Jerome? Um, oh, come name? and get it, Jerome Isra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Isra yep. A, yeah. That one I've got down as one that I really liked. Put the needle on it. Um, uh, is there's one? Is it Laidzu Brazil mix that I kind of oh. quite like? That's so cool. I've got some random ones really. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I, yeah, I obviously, I think the, the mashups are amazing. Yeah. Obviously, I've, I've got to go with Don't Want to Lose This Groove. Yes. And, uh, I be, and Begin to Spin Me Around is amazing as well. But yeah, I need to, I'll, I'll probably have to listen to. Um, uh, the ones included on the seven mm, set. Because yeah, I probably don't know some of them. I think there well, are some think, new ones. I think there are some on there that had not been released i think it's a case mm. of like in somewhere like it's like dubs or the edits because a lot of the other remixes look sort of familiar to me but like a few of the dubs and radio edits are sticking out as something that i haven't seen before so it might be a case of that but still like i mean mm. that's seven discs worth of stuff with about 
Yeah, about 13 to 14 remixes on each. <laughs> Do you know what I'm really excited about? If Initial Talk does a video edit, like with all old, like young talent time footage, uh, yeah. like you know how, um, like with the Kylie and, and Jula Peep one, yeah, yeah and then a, Real Groove. But it with, with, with I'm with very it. excited about the um, Initial Talk version yes. of Don't Wanna Lose This oh Feeling. Oh my god, yeah, because they are one of my favorite and it, it, ironically i remember tweeting um something ages ago about how much i loved um initial talk remixes and i don't know what and i got a message back from the guy saying oh my god thank you so much that's amazing coming from you so he knew who i was yeah, yeah. which was really exciting so now it's great that that he's done a remix of that song yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm very excited. Of all the things that I, when I was scanning through, that, like, I literally gasped. Yeah. I was like, oh, God, that's yeah. going to be amazing. I was looking so. at also the remixes of For the Record. On disc seven, Luke Mornay, Thirst Trap Mix, Thirst Trap Radio Edit, and then the dub, which I don't think I've heard any of yeah, those. Yeah, those didn't look familiar to me, but I thought I'm not good at remembering remixes. It's a lot no. to take in looking at it sort of like a... a in one hit as well, but um, I think that a lot of the fans are going to be very, very happy with the seven-disc set because it yeah. just covers quite a lot. And everything else is on the original deluxe that came out a few years ago anyway, so yeah. it's yeah. pretty much covered. But, yeah, I this is uh, it's going to be a good little release I'm very excited for. Yeah. twenty. Are you still doing? Yeah. Ian still doing Thriller Jill stuff, or is that? No, we are working on something completely different. Actually, oh. um, we're working on a, a. I mean, Steve and Ian and I are writing a musical. Oh, that's yes. Right. Yes. So we're working on that. And how is before we you know wrap up? How's uh, all the becoming Nancy? Becoming stuff? Nancy is good again. It's something as well. I don't know whether I told you this, but I got Steve involved in that yes. because the the you know he's now the musical supervisor. We have been casting in yes. the last few weeks with the director has been over from America, so we've been casting. So that's pretty exciting. I mean, it's not coming to the UK till next year, right. but it's it's happening and it's you know we, we've got some really good people and obviously there's now five new songs in the show that weren't in the atlanta version which i wrote um with uh elliot davis and george Styles. so there's so there's a lot of uh, new stuff to to work on and and, and steve has also reimagined all the stuff that was there so yeah it's very that's very exciting and, and then that's happening in a couple of weeks actually we're um wow. we're doing Amazing. that well yes yeah, since we spoke mm. last i have read becoming nancy oh so for everyone listening must read i was that was my christmas break read my poolside cocktail book i was so engrossed in it like it was one of those books that like you know, you go to bed and you're thinking about the characters like they're people that you know. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I just absolutely adored it. So. Oh, good. Oh, that's really nice to hear. Yeah, yes. Such a, so I'm, I really hope that you get this to Australia as well. I hope it's just a yeah. huge... There's, huge... A, there's a few other interesting things happening. I mean, that's the kind of like the book that 
doesn't die. I mean, it's like 10 years old now and the musical obviously has happened once and now is coming back again, you know, in the UK post COVID. And, you know, there's a few other things I'm uh, having talks about with Becoming Nancy. So mm. yeah, it's all very exciting. Oh, well, I'm reading it. I have my copy here, but I haven't read it yet because I'm reading the Pamela Anderson book at the moment. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, I mean, that must take priority. <laughs> Is there anything, um, I don't know, that you want to plug, whore yourself out with? No, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to, you know, especially with your audience would be, a, you know, many of them would be of a certain persuasion. <laughs> I'm always trying to, I'm always, I, but we've just done it with the books, Becoming Nancy. I always love to get new people. And obviously, you know, it wasn't a big release in Australia. So I'm always trying to get people to, 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 to go and, uh, to, um, but, but, you know, my main plug would be to, for everyone to go and buy buy this fabulous one one version of this fabulous uh reissue because mm. it, it it does sound really really amazing yeah and uh yeah it's it, it'd be great to hear new versions of stuff we did 20 years ago as well very exciting excellent Thanks, see you later love bye, bye darling bye 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 amazing stuff thank you so much terry that was such an incredible chat Oh my God, Eliza! Uh, love, love, love having Terry on. Such a sweetheart. So, thank you again, Terry, for indulging us and talking all things neon nights. Yes, yes. Well, that's us for another Minogue Monday, really. I know. Before we do go, though, I guess Eliza, do you want to tell everyone where they can find This Is Disco and where you are as well on the social medias? You can find us at This Is Disco on Twitter and Instagram and me at Ms. Eliza Day on uh, the same Twitter and Instagram. And you? Amazing. Well, you can find me at Adam Disco, A-D-E-M-D-I-S-C-O on both Twitter and Instagram at The Record Doctor on both Twitter and Instagram and also my Mixed Cloud radio show The Record Doctor The Record Library podcast uh, two new episodes with Eurovision interviews coming in the next week very excited and Girls Aloud fans I promise once those two episodes are out you're next <laughs> <laughs> amazing and I can't believe that only in a matter of days we're going to have all the Neon Knights goodies I know, I'm so excited a, for that the, delivery. Oh, like, all the remixes. Like, just mm. imagine what all our playlists are going to look like. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm feeling my spidey senses are tingling that you're going to maybe do, like, a, a Danny Dance Classics episode of The Record Doctor. Or, well, I was... I'm manifesting think, it. <laughs> I was actually thinking of doing something kind of adjacent. I'm thinking of doing a episode an episode rather of my favorite songs from my kissed boy because <gasps> yes. it's such an iconic soundtrack so far of like you know 12 and a half hours of music yes. <laughs> so there's a lot to choose from so i definitely yes. want to do that and there'll there'll definitely be at the moment the artist features aren't looking great on mixcloud just because a lot of my Kylie and Danny ones have been removed by Mixcloud because it's oh. too many songs by the one artist from right. the album or blah, blah, blah. Same with a lot of my Girls Aloud ones. So 
but there will be a lot of heavy Danny focus on many future episodes of the Excellent. Doctor. <laughs> well, I've just realised at the time of recording, this has not been released, but I have a feeling by the time this goes out, it will be. We could be the one, trouser enthusiasts. I'm, oh. I'm, I have a feeling that you are going to be smashing that on multiple episodes. It's just oh, going to be, sure be a rotation between that and Padum Padum. Just back and, to back. And évidemment, the French Eurovision entry. Yes. <laughs> Which is what I start my day with every day. Oh, that fabulous. and then Padam. <laughs> fabulous. That sounds like a fabulous start to the day. Oh, my God. Well, we uh, will be back soon. Just keep an eye on the socials. And, yes. yeah, peace out. Thanks, everyone. It's been a lovely one. Thanks yes. for joining us. Love and kisses, dance floor darlings. Bye. You're listening to This Is Disco, a monthly Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast with your hosts Adam Eve and Eliza Day.